0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Chit Chat Chicks, I'm Tasha,
2: I'm Jane, I'm Rufus, oh. Rufus, oh I' Rufus Sewell,
0: you mean oh, Rufus don't Sewell,
2: Sewell? Don't, act so, don't, act, don't act so surprised, which Rufus did you
0: get <laughs> what, you mean the actor of stage, screen and television, that Rufus Sewell?
2: Yes, and as I would say, the the only two-legged Rufus in Los Angeles.
0: And the two, like, yeah, that was classic, wasn't that? That was classic. And then you deleted the tweet.
2: Well, I like to. I call them blip tweets. Is that what they are? Okay. Yeah, blip tweets. So it's just meant to be seen, and then then it, then it evaporates. I don't like to look at it for too long. If it's if it annoys me the second time I look at it, I delete it. <laughs>
0: Oh boy, well air. Rufus, we've been on the air for, for I guess seven years, I can't believe we've been on the air for seven years, and usually what we do is we open the show with uh, a song and a little dance, <laughs> and, a little bit. But, yeah. uh, and then we have an intro, we introduce our guests, but you know you've uh, been interviewed so many times and you've been introduced so many times, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell the listeners a little about what? yourself. <laughs> Just tell um, you know okay. anything. You could you can sing a song. You can tell a joke. You can describe your life in five no, words.
2: No, I, I I I will do none of those things. I'm I, <laughs> the idea of doing a joke on command fills me with such a toe curling horror. The idea of oh. being asked to sing any song I like gives me a perfect opportunity to say no. Um, and to describe myself in five words, no, I will not. Oh, my God. I'm getting the vapors.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's either that yeah, no, or... It's,
2: it's, the problem is, it's just like when you said, can you pick a, pick, pick, um, um, a song? It's like I'm too... I, I love music too much to be able to pick one mm-hmm. song. And as soon as I... I You played it. I'd think, no, that's not the one. So I'd rather just Mm -hmm. have uh, nothing at all, you know. Okay.
0: Well, the only other (laughs) thing I could do is read a very boring, robotic introduction, listing every film and every television show that you've ever done.
2: (laughs) That's blackmail. (laughs) And that's (laughs) blackmail. (laughs) Well, that's a great start. (gasps) Isn't
0: it? Yeah. Sing us a song or we're going to read your CV. I mean, that's vicious. <laughs> that's very vicious. <laughs> well, well, anyway. But, we, you know, we do have a lot of questions for you. I um, just want to let you yeah. know that abso- you ha- obviously you have a lot of fans. Mm. You're a very popular guy. You do know that, don't you? Well, You're I mean, extremely popular.
2: Thank you. Okay,
0: well, good. That's are. very nice to hear. Thank you. And we have, um, <laughs> yeah, we have a page on Facebook. Well, we ha- obviously we have a Twitter account, but we also have a uh, a site on Facebook. And what we did yeah. was we asked your fans to submit questions. Yeah. And we thought we were, wait, wait, okay. We yeah. thought we were going to get about twenty, you okay. know, maybe twenty-five mm. questions at the most. Yeah. We got. We received almost a hundred questions. Yeah. So were, do oh you have gosh. about five hours? No. <laughs> uh, well,
2: let's just see how we go with the first few.
0: Right. Well. T- <laughs> well, Tasha and I are going to ask you a couple of questions before that, and then we'll go into the fan questions. Okay. How does that sound?
2: Okay. Okay. That sounds absolutely fine.
0: Great. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Sewell. Um, Anyway, uh, what I was going to say is you've been a bus driver, you've been an artist, a vampire, a fortune hunter, a count king. What else? A detective. What else? A scientist. And recently a prime minister and a high-ranking Nazi. Am I correct so far? Yes.
2: Okay. Oh yeah, there, oh yes. I mean you we may have left out a few, but uh um, oh, you've yeah. also been a telephone okay. a telephone sex pest. Um oh, <laughs> that oh, that's
0: up. right, that was your first movie, I love that one.
2: That's right. A creeper. What? You were a creeper. I was a creeper. My first creeper. my first line of dialogue my first line was I can see you through the window. I remember that being my first line. Yeah, that's, Yes. Ooh. That's pretty Very creepy. Sexy.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I loved the, I loved Robbie the bus driver. I yeah, love that movie.
2: I loved, yeah, I loved I loved making it. That was a very mm-hmm. very happy time in Dublin.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately yeah. though,
2: I have to tell you about that movie, that what? because I was drinking so much Guinness and eating so many Beulie's Irish breakfasts. Puley's was this tea room in Dublin. And when I couldn't make it there, I'd have sausage sandwiches and, you know, because it's a good mm-hmm. way of getting rid of the, the clouds from the Guinness the night before. But I think I put on something like 30 pounds in weight. Yeah.
0: Wow. And there's an
2: early scene with me, you know, playing the mm-hmm. bus driver and, and Albert Finney popping his head in to talk to me, which they dropped a shot. We filmed it at the beginning of filming and then we had to come back at the end of filming and do <laughs> another angle. you see... My weight ballooning back and forth, between, <laughs> depending on the cuts. Suddenly, in some shots, I just have this kind of pendulous little cherubic face with a hanging chin. And then suddenly <laughs> I <completely laughs> goes back. So you can see the evidence of my debauchery is, is in there in the first scene.
0: Well, now everybody's going to have to go back and watch the film and see your weight fluctuate. <laughs>
2: Well yes, well, that's, I mean. well, that's the way I remember it. Maybe, maybe forget about the performance.
0: Let's just <laughs> watch Rufus's weight go up and down, you know. Yes.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. there's more variation in that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I I I loved the the last scene with you and Albert Finney just sitting on the edge of the stage ring re- reading poetry. I just it was it was so wonderful. It was a wonderful
2: performance. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, you're welcome. A long long time ago. But... Yes, well, it's yeah. a good start. It's a very good start. Lovely. Question, compliment, <laughs> question. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this setup. <laughs> it wasn't
0: even a question. I don't know what it is. <laughs> okay. Okay, here, we're, we're going to go okay. into the questions Please. now. You begin.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> so, you have portrayed, you portrayed Lord Melbourne in Victoria, which was breathtaking yeah. and heartbreaking at the same time, and you had a wonderful chemistry with Jenna Coleman. And I think the viewers wanted to change history, and you know, I think that's been mentioned many times. We just wanted you two to get together. It's because he was just such a wonderful, wonderful human being. Um, so tell, if you could tell us a little bit about the real Lord M, because I know you, you you've done a lot of research on him before you portrayed him, and what attracted you to him.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, this is, it's something I've, I've spoken about before, but it's when Daisy Goodwin first contacted me and, and, and I read the first two episodes. Because originally, you know, um, Lord Melbourne was only supposed to be in three episodes, but because it was kind of something interesting was happening, you know, they asked if I'd stay on a bit. And I said, yes, as long as the central dynamic... Doesn't change, you know. Because as far mm-hmm. as I was concerned, it was very important that the fact that it could not be was maintained. You don't want to give the gallery what it wants, because that sometimes spoils things, you know. Mm-hmm. So when I read the first two episodes, I was kind of struck with how what an extraordinary character he was, and I was very suspicious that it had been cooked up as a kind of Frankenstein's monster of, of different romantic heroes. You know, it seemed too interesting and too, I mean, too good to be true, really. Not in terms of as a person, but in terms of an opportunity for an actor, you know. And I thought, if he was really like this, then surely there would have been a Melbourne film at some point. I mean, I know he'd popped into things, but his his life was so rich and he was so interesting. So she assured me that it wasn't a load of old bullshit. (laughs) Um, And I started to... I started to do a little bit of research and then I read up as much as I could. And I kind of, I'd already accepted the part, but I kind of fell for him to a certain extent Not that he was perfect. You know, he was a man of his time. In fact, it was his, it was the, the, you know, the mix of his personality, the the fact that he wasn't just some kind of cloyingly sweet doddering old sausage, the fact that he had, you know, he had a bit of raciness to him Mm-hmm. What I loved about him, the more I read, was based on his childhood, he was brought up in this very kind of artsy, bohemian, I mean, very rich, but very, I mean, it was the, the age of the poets, you know, Shelley and Byron. The 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 era before Victoriana was was like, um, it was the era that made, made them bring the shutters down, you know, um, mm-hmm. because they were so wild and they were all like, all the artists were like, you know, half-dressed, and they were all shagging each other on laudanum, and and you know, the household that the household that Melbourne grew up in, I mean, they were live-in lovers, there were rumours that he wasn't actually his father's son, um, and that she filled her house with the great intellects and poets and writers of the day, and, and more importantly, she was the leader of the household, she was the intellectual leader, the artistic, the moral leader of the household, and his father was something of what what you'd have in the language of the day, something of a booby. He was a like, famously a
0: What a, a booby!
2: It's you know a kind of Georgian word for a kind of you know silly, hapless mm-hmm. twit. It's a, it's a very it's from that period. It's a lovely word. Something of a booby, um, <laughs> and I think he grew up with this enormous respect and and desire, and attraction towards really spirited, in, intelligent strong women with opinions and, and all of the kind of scandals that he got involved with were, were to do with being involved and falling for, or at least really interested in um, very bright, vital, rebellious women, you know, and the more I knew about him in that respect, I just thought, I, I loved his wit. I loved his sarcasm. I loved the fact that he He fell into politics, but his success was due to the fact that he didn't really want anything. He had no great desires. He wasn't driven in any way, and he had a great suspicion of anyone who was. He had a very kind Mm -hmm. of laconic vibe about him. So I just, I really, I really liked him so much. And especially Mm -hmm. when I was reading it, you must understand, I was in the midst of filming The Man of the High Castle and playing someone else. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I must say in a strange way, I try my hardest to identify with with John Smith as well in a different Mm -hmm. way, just to bring life to him. But it's a very much darker world, you know. And when I read it, it was just such a a breath of fresh air. The idea that I could Mm -hmm. do both these things kind of back to back felt like a treat for me. And it really was, as you said. I mean, working with Jenna was just so easy and so silly and fun. Yeah, I mean, it was was very obvious
0: to everybody. Sure, very obvious. Uh, What was the most difficult scene emotionally for you to do?
2: Oh, I don't know. You never really, you never really know what the difficult scenes are going to be. I mean, because sometimes it's rather perverse. Sometimes the more sad emotional scenes are in a strange way quite pleasurable to do because there's a kind of release in them. Sometimes the the scenes that are really, really difficult are the ones that are supposed to be light and inconsequential because you don't want to Mm -hmm. fall into the trap of of doing them in an obvious way or whatever. But, um, I mean, the obvious scenes... Um, you know, the goodbyes are always really, really, really yeah. hard. Yeah, that, I, was, but for me, that was a tearjerker. But for jerker. me, what's very, yes, but, but actually what's difficult about it is the kind of strange knowledge that you're bringing to the close, a chapter, not, not just in the lives of the characters you're playing, but at the, at the end, at the, the fun's coming to an end. I mean, one of the strange little kind of, Shadows that was over the first season that that actually gave it life and gave it fun was that the knowledge that I had three or four episodes of me and little Vicky having a laugh and that but <laughs> Albert was on his way, you know, And <laughs> Albert turned up, that meant that yeah okay you know she's got a new friend and you know and and it's time for me to go, and it wasn't a kind of a, a heartstrings thing, but at the same time it was quite interesting and fun to play with the fact that there was an element that I was a little bit, I mean, pleased that it was coming to an end because actually the finite um, aspect of the role was what attracted me to a certain extent. But I knew that if all went well, I'd be sad about finishing, you know? And that was very much, that was very much part of the deal when we were kind of doing those final scenes. It gives it a Mm -hmm. kind of poignancy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well you just answered my third question because I was gonna ask you about um how it affected you personally leave, you know, knowing that you were gonna be leaving the production because you, you know, you could tell that everybody got along so well and that you loved the character yes. so much. So and but just and yes. just the fact that you change your physical transition was so drastic. Uh yes. You know your posture, your your facial expressions. You know the man was so ill, and uh,
2: yeah, it
0: was just an emotional roller coaster. And uh, it must have. Been, was it very difficult to leave, like the last day of your of production?
2: Well, I don't know. As I said, it's kind of perverse because I was most insistent on leaving. I mean, I wasn't. Mm-hmm you know, initially booked to come back in the second season, when they asked me, my main stipulation was, I will only come back if I die. I will only come back if I get to die. That's why I was a little frustrated that it was left slightly unclear because I was quite sure that I'd come back. I that precondition <laughs> that I'd, that I'd yeah. it, <laughs> sitting there in the chair. But they kind of rather decorously panned away and left it open. But I was, I left, you know, I did an interview afterwards and left it no doubt. No, I'm fucking dead. Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my
2: Melbourne is not coming back. Because for it's me, the, uh, in order, it's more important for me to protect the dignity of the character, for me, what mm-hmm. gave him, what gave it its poignancy and its meaning, was the fact mm-hmm. that it was finite, the fact that it was mm-hmm. brief, and to try, and and this was the problem. I was so delighted that the character and the the, the 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 chemistry between the two characters mm-hmm. was so popular and it and nerve, but at the same time, I didn't want it to continue. Just you can't continue it without ruining it. You know, yes, and I, yeah. to a certain extent, needed to be insistent for that because once things are a success, then, then people like executives come involved and they want to, to kind of repeat a formula. They want to eke it out as mm-hmm. long as they can. And really, sometimes sure. as an actor, your only power is to, is to stop that if you can. So I'm afraid no. um, I was sad about it, but I, but I pushed for it. You know, because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be—I've made the joke before—I didn't want to be to turn into some magic granny and be kind of shipped out for for <laughs> f- every few episodes, to dispense kind of you go girl kind of a- advice. Because I could easily see that happening. I don't want to be wheeled mm-hmm. out in my in my bath chair to dispense marriage advice. I mean, once yeah. or twice is fine, but you know, I don't want that to be yeah. my my Christmas gig for the next five years. No,
1: no, no, no. definitely um, not. Um, Let's talk a little bit about your character John Smith in The Man in High Castle. Um, What were your reasons for accepting the the role, and and how did you prepare for your performance?
2: Well, I mean, interestingly enough, I I was, as often happens, you know, waiting a long time, you know, trying to see how long my savings could last while I waited (laughs) for something different to come along, because it's really the only... Mm -hmm negotiating power I have is like, how long, <laughs> how, how much can I kind of hibernate in terms of my lifestyle so I have, so I can say no to to jobs that don't please me, you know, right. or, or don't offer me anything new. So when I was first offered The Man in I Castle, my heart sank as I read the script, and I was offered it at the same time as another job, Killing Jesus, and there were effectively two baddies, and I thought, oh, for Christ's oh. sake, I wait this long, <laughs> and really... Yeah. Um, but actually, I had a long time thinking about it. And, and funnily enough, both of the, the, um, th- these offers were the same company. So I decided to, rather than complain about it, I would do both. Mm-hmm. And I would do the Man in the High Castle because I saw in this an opportunity through the medium of this, you know, ostensibly bad guy on paper right. to really show more of what I wanted to kind of express, then mm-hmm. I often get the chance with smaller, not quite so richly written good guys when they do come along. But often I'm a, I'm a victim to people offering me thinly written, you know, guys that aren't bad guys because it feels different. And I end up working mm-hmm. sometimes in environments that, that aren't that good. Better to actually mm-hmm. st- quit worrying about that. And I've changed mm-hmm. my mind about, whether I care whether something's period or whether it's described as a, you know, how it's described, I quite happily to tell you the truth, do ten period things in a row now, or Mm ten antagonists in a row, the only important question is the quality of the writing. Because if the writing is good, no two parts are the same, and I couldn't give a shit what anyone else thinks. i realise actually that with good writing there there is no black and white so it doesn't matter i don't i'm no more interested Mm -hmm. in playing good guys than i am bad guys i just want to play humans so the the possibility once i found out more about john smith that he wasn't as one-dimensional as he seemed in the first episode when i was assured that that you get to see his family and that it's an opportunity Mm -hmm. actually to play someone who if history had gone another way, would be a completely different person. And mm, I very yeah. much, through the different writers that have come on, I've been fighting to keep him on course in terms of the character that I imagine that is neither one thing nor the other, but like has good and bad in him. Mm-hmm. So I'm very pleased that I took on the role because it's ended up having a lot of, um, you know, a lot of contrast and a lot of color to it. <laughs> But at the time, it was a bit of a – it wasn't an easy decision for me because I'd already decided, as I do every couple of years, I'm not going to play any more bad guys. And then I just (laughs) have to wait while I get offered all these bad guys and decide which one of them I'm going to do, you know. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, we're very grateful that you decided to take the part because it is an incredible part.
2: Yeah, well, thank you. I'm very – you know, I'm proud proud of the the show and the work. So thank you.
1: It's very well done. Very well written. And
0: well acted. So, did you have any other Thank questions you about it, sure. You're welcome. Well, You're very welcome. welcome. Uh, I don't know when is season two coming about. Or season, three. Season, season three. Season three. three. Season
2: three. Um, We're uh,
0: wait. Everybody's uh, waiting with bated breath. I mean, yeah, you come have, on.
2: You, you and me both. Well, you know. Um, I all I really know is the fall. Okay. That's all. That's all we who are actually in it I, at the mm-hmm. moment now. I mean, I think we're on the possibly on the verge of more news, but that's mm-hmm. all I either. It's all I'm at liberty to say. But in truth, it's all I
0: actually. Okay. Do. Yeah, it's of course quite easy <laughs> to turn that
2: line. Yeah. <laughs> and, and somebody.
0: Yeah, somebody tweeted yesterday that it, that season four was just approved. It was just uh, renewed.
2: Yes, well, that was a, a – yes, so I, I heard that, but I heard that from the same people you did. I mean, it's like – Oh, okay. <laughs> all, well, there you go.
1: Breaking news, breaking news. But,
2: well, breaking potential news. Um, yes. All I know is we're, we'll, we might get confirmation one way or another relatively soon, but I am not <laughs> at liberty – to say, again, yeah, because I'm not quite sure. And we're not, and we're
0: not going to force it. We're not going to force you to no. say anything that you yeah. cannot say. Well, yes.
2: you could, you could force me to say, but I would be guessing. We
0: could blackmail you. now, yeah, <laughs> but No, we won't.
2: We but won't. Yeah, but no, but again, you're assuming you're, you're assuming that I know more than I'm saying. I'm literally yeah. telling you, I actually don't know. I wish I knew more than people who are guessing on the Internet, but we're all in right. the same place in terms right. of our knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that's actually okay. true Okay yeah. Alright, well, we yeah. believe
0: you We believe you,
2: Rufus Yes, we do You're no. no. at liberty to no. believe me or not Yes, we're
0: at liberty to believe you you <laughs> have another Rufus in <laughs> the by the way? No, we're in time. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what we're going to well, do yeah. now? We're going to we're going to ask you some fan questions okay. And a couple of okay. random yeah. questions well, We're known I'm for our myself. random questions They're infinite Okay, yes. okay Okay, so Tasha, you All right. go. Your turn.
1: Alrighty. Okay. Well, Chris would like to know if there's a book that you love, and would you like to? Is there a book that you like that you would like to see become a film, or that you would like to act in? Um,
2: there's too many books that I love. I mean, it's like it's like the. The song thing again There's too many books that I love And also I'm rather superstitious About saying these things out loud Actually You know I've got Mm -hmm. a couple of little secrets um, But I would Mm -hmm. not I mean I I appreciate the question I don't mean to be mean But I'm afraid I wouldn't share them Only because sharing it Kind of Mm dispels it somehow And they may never come to to be But I have a couple of little secret things That I'm going to hold close to my chest so there you go. Okay.
0: Sorry about that. Okay. All right. We'll cool. hold them close you, and, yeah.
2: and also another thing. Yeah. That the truth is that um, one of the things about me and my regard to work and the prospect of work is my attitude has always been, because I suppose I regard myself as, as or the thing that I take joy in is versatility, is change mm-hmm. and surprise. Right. Mm-hmm. And for me, there's a certain level of contrariness about it, but I've always liked to be taken by surprise by what I want to do next. I mm-hmm. just, that's why it, it is frustrating to me when parts get sent to me and they're all of a certain stripe. For me, mm-hmm. I like to read the opposite of what I think I want to do and realize mm-hmm. in my bones that that's what I'm going to do next. So mm-hmm. I... I'm kind of not really set up for planning the kind of roles I want to do because as soon as I think of the kind of role I want to do, the contrary part of me thinks stuff. You, I want to do the opposite. So I'm not very good at kind of bring up roles for myself. You know.
0: And that's why your middle finger is sticking up in that your profile picture on Twitter.
2: That that's that that says it all. Maybe one. That's maybe one of the myriad potential reasons.
1: Many,
2: many you know what I really what I really enjoy is when people who follow me say, Well, um, I don't like the you know, I don't think Rufus would do that or this is you know, I don't think they like you it's it's a wonderful way of kind of cleansing the pipes of people who probably wouldn't like me in real life. You
1: know? <laughs> yeah. Well I we get it. Suggest,
2: Yes, I, exactly. Uh, you know, I, I mean no offense, but those who are offended, probably I'm not the one to follow. You know? Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. Yeah. Well, keep okay, that well, finger like, up, <laughs> Rupert. Yeah, keep it
2: up. <laughs> Thank you. Very
1: well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All, right. All right. Roxanne wants to know, if you could live the life of any character you've played for one week, which one would you choose and why?
2: If I could live a life what?
1: Of, of any character that you played. For one week. Oh
2: goodness! Well, that's a <laughs> that's a well, good question, isn't okay, it? It's a good question, but it doesn't present me with many palatable answers. I have to say. <laughs> um, I mean, oh, Rufus. Really? Oh, well, boy. I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, that is a. I mean, that's, that's a, a start when looking back at my body of work. Yeah, looking back at my body of work, which of these... Yeah. Do I, you know, I'm not really sure. I'd like to think I haven't played the character yet that I'd actually like to be. Um, And also, that's like picking my um, favorite child, or at least (laughs) saying which character most represents the life I would want to lead. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. when I'm having my most fun is when I'm being... Um, silliest actually when I'm most I would say as an actor when I'm most expressed is when I'm being silly really Um, so minus the violent urges and the um, alcoholism the extreme um, you know like then then Petruchio in in Taming of the Shrew just because I like the gear and I like Mm. his moped and um, <laughs> I rather like the eyeliner. So you know, but maybe maybe the odd afternoon for uh, the sober version. Well, I think
0: too. I think we've just adopted you because there's an art form in being silly. A lot of people can be funny, but not mm-hmm. everybody can be silly.
2: Yes. Yes. And we look, well, yeah. Just... Yes. yeah. Silly,
0: yeah. Silly, I It's kind of a. So you've just been, been adopted by the chicks.
2: Yes, yeah, that's
0: congrats. why we've gravitated toward each other. My silliness is yeah. not a choice, unfortunately. No, it isn't. <laughs> Genetic.
1: <laughs> Genetic, indeed. indeed. Okay, all right, well, here's one of our random questions for you, and it's kind of silly, and it's one that I actually asked Michael Rooker, who I'm not sure if you're familiar with him or not, he's kind of like this big guy, you know, macho man. And uh, so who's your favorite... Disney Princess.
2: Oh well, I mean, <laughs> whoa. Um, this is a, this is a very apt question because I have a four four year old girl, so I live oh, in Disney lovely. Princess
0: world. Aww. Aww. Um, That's an aw moment.
2: Sh- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, well, I sometimes you know have to explain explain to my neighbors that you know the music that is pumping out of my windows is not my choice necessarily <laughs> you know
0: because i, I do get some
2: exactly now i i don't Let think I, I could choose a particular um i i don't think i could choose a particular one that represents me in my completeness because i think mm-hmm. you know i have a different princess for every mood thank you very much for asking me. <laughs> Well you know, sometimes, that, that sometimes makes I sense. know that I, makes I sense. and sense. You know. in um, Rufus so, World yeah, suffice, it, <laughs> yeah. suffice it to say my suffice it to say my life is is not uninhabited by princesses. It's slightly there's a surfeit of princesses in my life as right. of yet, as uh, uh, right. of uh, the moment. Yeah. Okay. All right. okay. Fair
0: enough. All right, uh, we have a question here from uh, Chayla Horsdell.
2: <laughs> Do you now?
0: <laughs> uh, what's the most ama- fascinating thing you have learned recently, and what's your favorite thing about Chayla?
2: My favorite thing about Chayla is that she is completely wonderful. Chayla yeah. is my, my favorite. My wifey, uh-huh. I call her and she's mm-hmm. um, a wonderful actress and she's she's been quite instrumental in the whole thing being as pleasurable and as good as it is I have to say mm-hmm. so Chayla, thank you for being lovely what's the um what's the most fascinating the, uh, the thing first I've learned? question
0: was what's the most fascinating thing you have learned recently
2: oh my god Chayla. um chaila <laughs> An opportunity to come up with something completely unfascinating. I don't. I don't. Not sure I've learned anything particularly fascinating recently. That is not. Mm -hmm. um, I have learned that. Hmm. um, No, you see, I'm not very good in response to things like that. I might pop out a few fascinating. Maybe that's why she
0: asked the question.
2: Over the confidence. Yes, she knows that she's going to draw a blank. You know. See. Um, yeah, exactly. Way to Delicious. go, Shayla. Yeah, thanks, Shayla. <laughs> <laughs> my my eloquence has, has come to a grinding halt
0: mm. in the face
2: of a direct question.
1: Mm-hmm. Rupert is
2: speechless. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, maybe the most fascin- are, fascinating thing he's learned is how great we are,
2: right? right yeah, there you go. Thank I you, stock you answer. Care. Yes, well, <laughs> well, we've dealt with that one.
0: Okay, well, we have a question from Anne Michaela, and she wants to know, if you were interviewing yourself, what's the first question you would ask?
2: Um, is that enough? I'd say yes.
1: Is that enough? Okay. Yes. okay. That sounds
0: good. All right, and now I here we have a random I mean, is that, is
2: that enough? Yeah, is that enough interview? Yes. <laughs>
0: Listen, our first interview that we had, we had we had an actor on our show, and it was our first show, so we were new. Yep. And it was an hour show,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: every question that we asked him, his answer was yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Open-ended questions too. Open-ended
1: How can, can... Come up away with me. Okay. Yep. we do a show <laughs>
0: with someone that just says? Yep. For an hour.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that, yeah. that's not very wise because you guarantee yourself so many more questions if you just do us. Uh,
0: <laughs> we, yep. we did not have them. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mr. Yep, yep. Anyway. <laughs> okay, we have another random yeah. question for you. Okay. Yep. <laughs> if you are an omelet, what yeah. would your ingredients be? What would be oh your name? Oh, my goodness. Wait, 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 wait for it. Uh, what would your ingredients be? What would be your name? Yes. And where would
2: you be served? Well, you see, this is the problem with literalism. I once said, no. uh, I'm like an, when someone, someone asked me, you know, what would you like in life? I said I'd like an omelette named after me. That's my way of saying piss off for asking stupid questions. That doesn't mean <laughs> I deeply desire to have an well. omelette named after me. I couldn't give a flying toss. However, <laughs> this is the, However, this is the okay. problem of making, this is the problem of Twitter making flip silly jokes just because I make myself laugh for a second and having to live, live with all the questions. Um, okay, what omelette... <laughs> Well, right now, I'd have to say, ladies, that my omelette yeah. would be egg white with spinach and asparagus, as opposed yeah? okay. to what it would have been. Um, mm. But that's only because I want to look slim in my uniform, girl. <laughs>
0: oh, yes. And your leather um, boots, your I, knee-high boots.
2: Or, or it would, yeah, if we could, yes. Or it could be, we could go the other way, and it could be kind of... Um, it could be a very glittery one With sprinkles of kind of um, Saffron that look like blusher And you could call Ooh. it La Rufus <laughs> Which the would be my, gla- my glam omelette yeah, The La Rufus It would be called <laughs> And that would be my, my, my glam My glam um, omelette you oh my god, but that's, that's perfect. Life. That's from the life when I get to that's when I get to live in the high heels, you know, as mm-hmm. referring to that older question.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, well Michael Gaston would like to know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh was your worst was the worst movie that <laughs> was your worst movie
2: the one you did with him? No, unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> me, me and me and me um, and Michael are well i can 't really speak for him, but um aficionados of a of a particular genre um right. was th- mm-hmm. that is that uh, yeah, we did a movie together called Bless the Child mm-hmm. and it's very, very difficult to talk about these things because one really doesn't want to malign the experience, the lovely... Because often you do movies like this. You work with really wonderful, talented people. You don't want to kind of diss people. But I've been right. to the, but the thing But the thing is, you know, I've been in a couple... There's a movie called Extreme Ops, which I did. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, working with really, really talented people. And I did it like a, like a fool. You know, I've never done... It when people say, oh, at least you get the paycheck. Whenever I've done these <laughs> films that have turned out not good, it's never been for the paycheck. It's, it's worse. Mm-hmm. It's been because I thought they'd be good. <laughs> it's more embarrassing. <laughs> because actually, I, I'm quite... I'm at my peace with failure. I mean, I have to be. But I'm at my peace with failure because I think that is a natural product of sticking your neck out sometimes. Mm-hmm. And as long as I don't go in for things cynically, and I never have, every time, mm. every dreadful film or thing that I've been in that hasn't worked out, or it's failed or whatever, has always been... Because I, you know, it's, it's, I've gone into it with a full heart, you know. And that mm-hmm. way, if it fails or if I fail or whatever, you know, that's just part of the game. Um, but I did a film called Extreme Ops, which is another one mm-hmm. that's, that's a classic of its genre, which it's referred to as extreme oops. <laughs> Affectionately. I mean, by people, yeah. by people who haven't even seen it. dear <laughs> oh, and, you know, mm. again, as I said, that for me, I mean, it's not, you know, it's just slightly, you know, silly.
0: But um, but
2: everyone, there's really talented people involved and everyone doing their best. It just, that's the way. And, and for me, I wanted to do that because, and as I said, I'm sometimes vulnerable in this way or was at a certain point. Someone offered me a role where I wasn't playing a, a snickering villain on a horse. And I thought, this is a chance. To do it. <laughs> Indeed, it I was. Know. And I wasn't, you know, ashamed of my work in it. But... It's not, you know, I've kind of change in policy now. But basically, I try to protect myself from, from bad work by being happy with my life. So I'm not trying yeah. to prove some point to an imagined audience or to myself or whatever. I just yeah. think fucking really that right. I'm happy to not work. Until something comes up, but I've decided now that the thing that comes up that I might do next doesn't have to correspond with anything that I've said that I want to do. If mm-hmm. it's quite possible, the next part I fall in love with after this conversation could be a snickering villain on a horse. It could be. <laughs> I don't or, know. If it's or it could be well a Disney. Written, it
0: could be a Disney movie. Yeah.
2: I, I wish movie. no, but that, that would never be a joke for me. I'd have done a Disney movie at any time. You know the idea. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sneering about stuff like that at all. No, but, mm. but just but exactly. So as far as I'm concerned now, you know, I don't care if I, I do ten period dramas playing a count in a row, as long as mm-hmm. writing's good. Then the oh, and yeah. the idea of it being similar to anything I've done before is taken care of because good writing does not ape other good writing. You know, okay, right.
1: right. good for well, you. Well, Renata, Renata would like to know if you could tell us a little bit about your new project, Judy. Yes.
2: Hello, Renata. Um, Judy is a really, really wonderful script. Um, and um, I, this is something that I, you know, I, I jumped at, but it's not a huge part. you know. And I think for me, actually, I have to say, when I'm reading a script, I mean, if it's already an offer and a part turns out to be a huge, wonderful part, then I'm nothing but thrilled. If the part and whether I'm going to do it or not is in contention, if that's not in my hands, if I'm reading a great script and on page one, the part appears on, on page 10, he's still a great part. And he's not dead. My heart sinks because mm. the chances of me actually getting the role when it's that big a role and that good a role and that, you know, it becomes more difficult. I mean, it's, it's always possible, but you know, it becomes more of a, um, more of a, a struggle. If a part like this one in Judy is just small enough <laughs> that it's not too attractive like to people who are more bankable, then I'm delighted. And it's mm-hmm. only a, a, a few scenes, but the mm-hmm. script is so, it's one of the best scripts I've read in years. And, um, you know, the combination of René and mm-hmm. this role, I mean, they're at the same age, that Judy Garland mm-hmm. was at the end of her life, crazily enough. Wow. And I just think it's an incredible fit, somehow, uh-huh. for her. And I've I'm I'm always, been, always been, obviously, an enormous fan of hers. So it's to wonderful. go and do just a few days on it with Rupert Gould, who's a wonderful director who I've never worked with before, who's a theatre director, who suggested me, offered it to me, so I didn't have the chance to blow it, <laughs> so I could just. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, in terms of, uh, you know, it's a very different kind of role. They could have easily cast someone else. Physically, it's very different. I look very different, and it was an absolute joy to just go in and do these very well-written scenes mm-hmm. and just go in guerrilla style and just shoot these few scenes and then leave. It was a great pleasure. I, I wish my, yeah. um, I wish it was always like that. You know. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, we you know when it, do you have it. any idea when it's going to be released?
2: No, <clears throat> no, I don't. Um, okay. I mean, you know, I've made this joke before, but producers, I've discovered this through The Man in the High Castle to be even more true than I suspected, that producers tend to talk to actors the way divorcing parents talk to toddlers. <laughs> oh, <dear>. So all, <laughs> all I know is that um, everyone, you know, loves each other and it's all fine and you know man mm-hmm. I can we, okay. we get the information that just keeps us happy yeah. I, I would imagine somewhere yeah. towards the end of the year but, but who knows
0: and I, I haven't seen any
2: of it <laughs> <laughs> my fingers are crossed obviously yeah. okay. alright well I,
1: I have a random question for you um, I'm a poet yeah. so I'd love to write and so could you recite just a few lines from your favorite poem
2: um, I don't know. My favourite poem—I've never decided what my favourite poem was, so that's a big <clears> one. Um, I'll give you a little bit of a poem that I used to do, as um, and, I, and I always loved it. it. was when I was doing because we were talking about man in the high castle that whenever <laughs> I, <clears throat> whenever my accent slipped, I had a little bit of. The Ballad of Reading Jail that I would do Just as an accent reminder And it always, always stuck in my head So this isn't a favourite, obviously it's an incredible poem But it's how I would How I would stay in character Even even though this wasn't the character for Robbie and Mm -hmm. So it's um, Mm -hmm. Like two doomed ships That pass in storm We had crossed each other's way But we made no sign We said no word We had no word to say so we did not meet in the holy night, but in the shameful day. A prison wall was round us both to outcast men we were. The world had thrust us from its heart and God from out his care. And the iron gin that waits for sin had caught us in its snare. There you go. Uh, uh, bravo. Bravo. Brilliant. Bravo. <laughs> bravo. <laughs>
0: Bravo batissimo. Okay, we have a question from an Adrian Schiller. <laughs> you you
2: cheeky you cheeky vomit.
0: <laughs> we are, aren't we? Okay. He wants mm. to know, uh, what mascara do you prefer? And who is your favorite oh. designer in evening wear? But
2: similar similar to the question about It Tom, was uh, the glitter. The, the fact that I would be forced the fact that I would be forced to pick one mascara <laughs> is the cruelty of the highest order, Adrian, you naughty boy. You know that I pride myself on my but um, you know, um I, I I used to nick mascara out of my mum's bag in the eighties. That's the way I used to do it. I would like to think that that come the time There'd be a handbag for me to pilfer. That would take care of which mascara Lovely. to use.
0: <laughs> Lovely.
2: Um And and your favorite evening. designer.
0: Your your favorite designer in evening wear. Evening wear. wear.
2: Yeah. Um, it's I important. The best answer to Adrian. The best answer to Adrian on that score score is uh, piss off, Adrian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he the said that shit. you would enjoy this question. <laughs> yes, I think that's what he means. That's oh, exactly yes. what he meant, of course. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh,
2: God. All right, we're going to go Wait, on to the I'll next question. i leave it at this. i leave it at this. As long as it's a shimmering organza,
0: everything <laughs> is well. Oh, yes. Yeah. Perfect taste. Wonderful. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Christine, <laughs> Chris, Christine wants to know. Um, yeah. Uh, you, wait a minute, you have said oh, okay, you have said that you like to do comedy. Uh, who are your favorite yeah. comedy heroes and what makes you laugh out loud?
2: Well, when I talk about comedy, I don't mean comedians. Um, you know, okay. I uh, when I say I like to do comedy, I just mean I like to do uh, character comedy and, and you know, my, my comedy heroes, I again, too many, but I grew up Absolutely adoring Peter Sellers. Mm. In fact, the goons. I mean, I, I loved because Peter Sellers is a genius actor um, and a chameleon. So, in many for, for many different reasons, Peter Sellers, I grew up absolutely adoring. I used to love the Pink Panther and yeah. any, anything he did actually. But I also liked Spike Milligan. I don't know if you knew who he was, but he was also one of the goons, but oh. unbelievably zany oh. and crazy. And my, my humor growing up was very much, I mean, I know he's very big here, but they're, they're very big here. Monty Python um, mm-hmm. was a huge influence on on my, my humor. So I suppose that kind of silliness, but it's very, it's you know, and not just me, but all my friends, that's what we grew up with. But when it comes to acting and, and the kind of comedy that... It's not that I like to do comedy. I do. I, I like to do all of it, but I, I've always known that the thing that comes easiest to me is comedy. You know, right. with, with a certain lightness. And when I was at drama school, my fear was that's what I'd get stuck in. I mean, you know, how ironic that it ended up being the other way around. But I think right. quite... In the end it's quite good because it means that when i do funny stuff people are taken by surprise but in fact that's right. when i'm most comfortable
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> all right next question is from rosella uh, do you prefer playing on stage or on set
2: actually there isn't a simple answer to this i mean if there is an answer it's that I would say ultimately at the moment I prefer playing on stage, but that's not for the reasons that you would expect. I prefer playing on stage generally because when I'm on stage, I'm playing great roles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think my car, I mean, you know, it's not like I'm offered great roles on stage all the time. I mean, I haven't done a play for a while because I haven't been offered a role that was, you know, exciting. And if I, if I was, I, I would do it because, you know, it's very... I, I, it's something I love doing, but I, I hope that I never have to make a choice as to which I prefer. But generally, with my film work, there's an enormous amount of compromise involved in terms mm-hmm. of, okay, I've read the script. There's obviously one fantastic part, that's cast. There's another great part, that's cast. And then there's mm-hmm. the part that they're offering me. Can I read this again until I think it's great? And if I can... You know, I'll I'll definitely consider it. What happens to me sometimes is I'll get sent a play and I'll read a great part and it's the one I'm being offered, which is wonderful. Um, So I would say at the moment, still, um, theatre is my favourite. And I obviously, I love being on a stage, but I also, Mm -hmm. because I like doing things in front of an audience and having that control, but I also really, really enjoy the magic of doing something just once in a way that... That you can never quite repeat. That is captured forever. And right. then there's no guarantee mm-hmm. that they will, as I've as I've learned to my to my sadness in the past. There's no guarantee that the director will share your joy and use it, or that the editor won't cut it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's something about that. There's a magic there too, which I also love. So hopefully right. I'll never have to make a choice. But yeah, so. I hope not. So there's my. Have you? Answer.
1: I thought. Um, I saw a network at uh, the National Theater in London uh, with the guy from Breaking Bad. I can't remember his name, but it was such an amazing play. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was such a I – mean, and it was – yes, that's it. That's it. Thank yeah. you. It was brilliant. It was so brilliant. And the, and they had the audience participation, you know, could you say, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. And it was just such a yeah. wonderful, wonderful performance. So – that's my randomness coming out, but uh, I can actually see you in that role. Um,
2: oh, it's amazing. And the script was, I mean, I remember the film with Peter Finch, you know, that the script was always an incredible script, but what you say is true. I mean, that is an aspect of theater that, you know, when you go and see a play, when the night is brilliant, mm-hmm. you are part of that organism, but actually yes. a bad yes. or a good audience um, can really influence how the play comes out. You know? mm-hmm. But not only that, one person can make an audience good or bad. If you have one person in an audience, they, someone described a good audience in a comedy as an audience with many leaders, which right. means you know, thought leaders, people who are quick. You know, if you've got four or five quick leaders in an audience, you can turn an audience around. And by the same token, if you've got three or four coffers, or <laughs> people are chatting, whatever, it, it, can, it, oh, it yeah. can change the audience, mm-hmm. and the audience in turn can change the atmosphere of the play, which in, mm. in, in turn can change mm. the whole event. So when you yeah. go and see a great play, you're part of it. Whereas, a, you know, yeah. by the same token, if you hate it, leaving is more difficult <laughs> yeah. because you're, you know, you're untangling yourself from an organism. So it's much easier to walk out of a bad film because the film doesn't notice.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what I thought was really funny. As at the end, you know, they showed like the president's being inaugurated, and when they got to Donald Trump, and this is London, mind you, people started booing, and it was just like it was yeah. just a bonding moment, you know?
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the great unifier. Oh, yes.
0: And Ugh. Ugh. Don't We're get us started on be- that. Uh, so, no,
2: don't exactly.
0: Let's, just, let's leave it. Yeah, let's, let's let, get let back. That, let that, let, that let's
2: <laughs> yeah. we're, we're almost
0: yeah. running out of time. I want to <laughs> uh, put a few more questions in. From, one from Laura. She wants to know, what role in your career are you most proud of?
2: Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, when I think in terms of parts that kind of define me... In terms of like, I mean, it's quite. Sometimes it's quite odd little things, actually. I'm incredibly proud of a, a poem about nine eleven I did called "Out of the Blues" mm-hmm. out of a clear sky.
0: That was wonderful. It was it was
2: yeah mesmerizing. And it's, it's an incredible um, is It's a really incredible um, poem. And I felt very, very... It was at the time that I was doing the, the play Rock and Roll that I was asked to do it. And I just mm-hmm. I think it's because, because I was doing a play and I was visible at the time. They thought of me. And I, I went in to do it in my days. And I just felt it was an enormous privilege and responsibility, actually, to be given, oh, yeah. to, to be carrying the weight of these, mm. these words, especially as it was going to be um, timed against real-life footage of these people in this situation mm-hmm. at the end of their lives. Yeah. So there was an yeah. incredible feeling of, of gravity and importance and responsibility. So not in terms of scale importance to my career or anything like that, I wouldn't say, but in terms of things that I'm just proud of, not even in terms of my performance, but just the fact that I was asked to do it. I did it. I did my best and I was very proud. Not, of, not that I did it, but that I was asked, frankly. Yeah. And that's something uh-huh. that's on um, YouTube and uh,
0: it it's wonderful. an
2: incredible movie. It is. Film. It's, a, it's just an incredible piece of writing.
0: Yeah, everybody yeah. go to YouTube and check it out because it's uh, Rufus. You're just um, just incredible in that.
2: Thank it's you. Absolutely well, incredible. That and, that and the Taming of the Shrew, because the Taming of the Shrew, in terms of a, miss, a mission statement, of like mm. this is the kind of thing that that is fun for me. That, that, I sh- that I would like to do much, much more of. And I don't mean just the mascara and drunkenness. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I mean...
0: But just hey,
2: Adrian! Go Adrian! Go Adrian! Light, light oh, and yeah. easy, but kind of natural, naturalistic comedy is mm-hmm. the kind of thing that I just really, really... I just love doing. And I love working with Shirley Henderson. She's one of my favorite actors oh, to work yeah. with, along with Taylor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a know, question. I've worked different. with her twice, and she's one of the best. yes.
0: I had a question. I am obsessed uh, with uh, that guitar scene in Uncorked.
2: Uh huh.
0: Yeah. She's not Okay. No, I just want to know. <laughs> and, and, and this song. It, this is it's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. And you start yeah. cracking up. You you have your hand in front yeah. of you. Mm-hmm. your Your <laughs> leg. Was that spontaneous or was that done over and over that, and over that, again? Because I, it looks spontaneous. Wish...
2: I wish I was that good an actor that I could do that spontaneously. <laughs> my goodness, my goodness. So funny. Um, no, they just the the fuckers pointed the camera at me the first time they <laughs> did the song. I mean, it was a, a stroke of genius from John Huddles that you know him doing that this song, and it was it was wonderful. In fact, that's song I'm very very fond of. No one really saw that movie, but uh, you know that was a, a wonderful. Experience to do. I think it's you know yes. it's it's got a lot to it. That little movie.
0: It it's does. So it's very spiritual. It's hard
2: for people to. It was it, originally called yes. At Satcham Farm and then Uncocked and then you know, but working with Nigel Hawthorne and Minnie obviously, um, but um, it was wonderful to be able to to work with with him. He was a lovely man.
0: Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. that's
2: something else. I'm very. I'm, I'm proud of some of these little oddities that no one ever saw. You know. Oh,
0: they're wonderful.
2: Mm-hmm. The, the, the
0: the smaller movies, the indie movies, are wonderful.
2: I wish I was doing more small. Whatever I've done, these big, big, you know, daft movies—it's always been a kind of <laughs> um, failed attempt to trick my way into the smaller movies I want to, you so, know. Because I have to <laughs> yeah. just carry mm-hmm. on doing those. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. well, Rupus, we have like two and a half minutes left. You believe it? Oh my goodness!
2: Time goes by oh, when
0: goodness.
2: you're having it, it, so it much fun. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying did it. Did you
0: enjoy yourself?
2: Yes, yes. You won't be defriended, oh, unfollowed. <laughs> oh,
0: thank goodness! <laughs> and maybe you'll come back one of these days. Maybe, maybe. maybe.
1: maybe. Yeah. yeah, that
0: would be great. I would like but, to you know, we, we, talk about poetry
2: and writing. That would be.
1: That would be. That would be like a dream.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, if it was exactly, and I'm very, you know, I, I remember just in an early interview many years ago being asked who my favourite actors were, and I went on a blank, and I named an actor <laughs> who I quite liked, but you know, I, mean, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to be obvious, so I named someone not off the top, off the top of my head, and then that that name was attached to me. Oh, he's a big fan of blah 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 blah. And I just yeah. thought I never ever want to do that again. So now I'm, like, overly cautious about Mm -hmm. citing books or poems or songs Mm -hmm. because not only that, but actually naming something can can kind of kill it a little bit. I don't want, you (laughs) know, I I remember once describing my perfect day because it was just what I was thinking off the top of my head at that given time, but I don't want to be Mm -hmm. held to it. (laughs) The next (laughs) day I probably changed my mind. (laughs) Right.
0: Well, we are out of time, Rufus. We just want to thank all your fan sites. Thanks so much. The Rufus, yeah, Rufus right. Stool Club, Rufus Stool Force, me. Daily Appreciation Fan Page and Fan Site. You you guys are fantastic. Thank
2: you, everyone. And, can I also and you're fantastic. Apologize. Thank you. Can I apologize for my for, for the, my grumpily not answering certain questions? I tried to make oh. up for being jolly immediately.
1: No, you no we loved love it. It's great. You're a delight. Yeah. yeah, you were very you. I think I I don't know yeah. you very well, but yeah, you were great. It's not
2: clever of me. you Yes, extremely been, clever. I'm <laughs> that silly. That's great. It's <laughs> yep. lovely. Yes. Okay, yes. my All dear. All right. Well, it's been a great so much, Love me talking to you.
0: Okay. Oh, right. thank you take so right. much. Okay,
1: bye. What a what a, sweet, what a
0: sweetheart. I took a, a seconds. I until, don't have whoa. to
1: appreciate being called a sweetheart. What a, what
0: a manly, masculine, rugged, He's wonderful fantastic, guy. and we are out of time, guys. Thanks for everything. Bye, everyone. And bye, everyone, Thanks. and we will um, be returning in July. We will give you an update as to everything, and we are going to sign off and stay chatty. And, again, Rufus, thank you so much, and thank you to everybody who submitted questions. Take Thanks, care.
1: everyone.
2: Bye. Bye. There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano. Or when you want a big two-toned cookie. Or when
1: shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to
2: Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing. From banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. At the crack of dawn,
0: we're cooking it, brewing it, grilling it, flipping it. McDonald's fires up the griddle every morning so you can start digging into it and enjoying it. And mix and matching it with two breakfast sandwiches for $4. Egg McMuffin, sausage McMuffin with egg, or bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles. Your choice, just $4. Add a small McCafe Frappe
2: for $2 more. Make your morning routine a little better. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.